Coming up on Man Enough. It's not like we say like, oh, you had a bad dad. That would be clear. Oh, your dad sucked. So sorry for you. Instead, we go, you have daddy issues and it's your thing and it's your fault. It doesn't really go the other way. I wonder how my daughter might speak of me. In fact, (laughs) um, live right now. Yes. Hello, baby girl. Tell me three things I did right and three things I could have did better. Okay, let's do this. Being man enough, what does that mean? It's really manly to mess up, admit you're wrong, and then grow. I couldn't accept that I was evil, so maybe I'm broken, but those broken things could be corrected. Intimacy between a father and a son is me just wanting to like put my head in your lap. I love you, son. You haven't called me benevolent sexist, but my experience is women are better. Even if it's a positive, it's still not equality. I don't blame men for that. I just blame the system. This is Man Enough. Welcome, everyone, to Man Enough. Uh, I am Andy Grammer. I'm Jamie Heath. I'm Liz Plank. I'm getting more confident in my seat here, filling in for Justin Baldoni, and it has been really great. Oh, I'm really enjoying myself. I'm going home, laying before I fall asleep, and just taking all of this stuff in mm. in a really, really good way. Oh wow, you did a really good job there. Yeah, didn't he, Liz? It he really, really did. He really did. It's impossible yeah. to have conversations like this and not have it like sit with you. Yeah, and go like, whoa, where am I measuring up? Where am I definitely not measuring up? Mm. You know, I'll tell you something. I, I want us to get into like we're going to talk about some cool stuff. But we would have started about 10 or 15 minutes ago. We're running like 15 minutes late. Um, why Why are we running late, Liz? Did, I mean, you look amazing, but did you have something in your tooth? I ate a bagel. <laughs> <laughs> a really delicious bagel. Is that such a crime? That I immediately regretted as soon as we sat down. And you had a seed stuck in your tooth. Just a very little seed. Yo, no one like a smile. Seed. It was worth it. It, it was worth it. And I had a panic attack. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there was no flaws. Everyone's waiting on me. And yeah. that's my, that's the narrative, like, that's my prototypical nightmare. Uh-huh. Like, I can't do this small thing. Like, I used to be a waitress. So, it, in my waitress nightmares, it was like, uh, I can't do a small math equation. Like, mm. I can't do like two minus one. <laughs> and then everyone's waiting for me and everyone's watching me. Yeah. And this was my nightmare. Um, nightmare. Thank you for all uh, being so patient <laughs> and compassionate Our and highlighting it. Um, let's jump into a couple of things. Obviously, we want to like just where this episode is just the three of us. It is. Yeah. Um, and I think this one's going to be special because we're going to center our conversation around daddy issues. Mm, degendering uh, daddy degendering, issues. Like daddy issues. Andy, why don't you share with us why this was a topic that we thought we'd talk about? Well, I have a song that recently came out called Good Man. And the idea of the song, I wrote it. My second daughter was born in my living room. And I was like sitting at my piano while my wife was going through labor and not like I'm with her, but that's actually like a long period of time. And uh, I was just thinking like, okay, this new little girl is coming. I already have an older girl. What I'm going to tell you to do a lot of things and you're not going to do that many of them. Or you're going to you're going to come up with for yourself how you live your life. And so what is my actual role here? And my actual role is to feel like home. And so the line of the song is like, if when it's time, if I've done it right, only a good man will feel like home. Mm. And that, when I was going to release the song, it had, it brought up this idea of daddy issues and it made me like emotional. I don't know if this is where we're at these days. It's like writing a post on, you know, <laughs> writing a post for Instagram. And I was like emotional for women who have been saddled with this, I don't know, this horrible phrase. 
Because mm-hmm. when we say, it's not like we say like, oh, you had a bad dad. That would be clear. Oh, your dad sucked. So sorry for you. Instead, we go, you have daddy issues and yeah. it's your thing and it's your fault. Mm-hmm. That's what's like implied, I think. It you is, you yeah. know? And that's just so fascinating. I, you, it wouldn't, it doesn't really go the other way. Mm-hmm. No. It's yeah. always done in a way that it's her thing. Oh, my God. Are you going to date her? She's got daddy issues. Right, right. And it's a stain on her. It's her stain. It's her burden to yes, carry. Yes. And mm. it's, a, it's a thing of, like, men should stay away from her as well. So not only was she treated poorly by a man, but now she gets no man. Right? Or she should be it's avoided. It's so men. crazy. Has anyone ever used that phrase with you? Not that you have <laughs> Probably that, not to like... my face, but probably <laughs> it, yeah, behind my back. I think, well, for sh- I mean, I get all kinds of stuff. I, I think a lot of people say a lot of things and, and assume that I, again, make a lot of assumptions about uh, about me and why I'm a feminist and what led to this terrible, terrible thing where mm. I, I believe that men and women should be equal. Sure. Um, all of the tragedy in my life uh, that led to that point. But yeah. but yeah, like, I mean, not not to my face, though. Like, I'm, I'm also, I talk so much about having a great dad. And there's a whole chapter in my book about my dad. So I think it's very easily refuted if it was thrown at me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and actually, I laugh with my sister. We're like, we had, like, too much of a good dad. Like, that's why we can't fight. Like, the standard is so high. Oh. And it's almost like, and again, not to say that my dad is perfect. He would be, if he listened to this podcast, this is a safe space for yeah. um, my uh, talking about my dad because he doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> um, but if he were to listen, anytime I do speak so highly of him, and even when I showed him the part in my book about him, he read it with almost like just so much um, resistance. And and he finished it. And the first thing he said is like, okay, I'm glad you don't paint me out to be perfect. Like he's afraid of being put on a pedestal because he doesn't feel perfect and he doesn't feel like he deserves to be placed so high for doing what he, I think, you know, uh, thinks is is the bare minimum, right? Like being a nurturing, loving father to your child. You yeah. know, he doesn't deserve a cookie or a trophy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. It's really interesting. I'm, I just, I'm just fascinated. Can you tell me, like, as a dad, I was telling the, the two of you before that when my daughter was, my first daughter was born, that, and I encourage all dads to do this. It's such good research. Find women in your life. I found 10 women in my life that I like really respected and thought were incredible women. And I wrote them an email and said, I'm putting you all in this chain. Can you please respond with three things your dad did awesome and three things you could have done better so I can have some, because I, I, I grew up with brother. I don't have a lot of like relationship with younger girls, especially raising them. And, uh, and I got a lot of really good feedback back. And that began for me a thirst and a desire to like everyone every woman in the studio we've asked this question to and it's really fascinating um so can you tell me well wait i want to know what you learned like what did you learn when doing that before we do it so i got back the most the highest one of the 10 that like was uniform was um that my dad didn't treat me different it didn't feel like i was being treated like a girl right that uh that he was open to what I was exposed to was what a person should be exposed to as opposed to what a girl should be exposed to. Okay. Mm. And it's so good to hear that because I just like didn't, wouldn't have expected that that would be the first one. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, another one that I'm very interested in, in talking to you about is I'm, another uniform response was he, and it went in the bad category, was he was too strict. And mm. it made me feel like he didn't trust me. Mm. Which threw me for a loop because it was so... Almost every one of them said it, but this was all in a group of women that I super respected. Wow. So that was like interesting to me. I didn't wow. know how to handle that part of the data. What, because you're saying they were so un- 
such incredible women. These are unbelievable women that I that if I had to choose who are my favorite women in my life, I'd pick these women. These 10 women. And in the bad category from them came, my dad was too strict, made me feel like he didn't trust me. Mm-hmm. But then I was wondering like, oh, is that actually something yeah. that has helped create all this incredibleness? Right. What would you say? I mean, like my dad was extremely, uh, it was impossible to, oh, it felt impossible to please him and to be um, good enough in terms of like, uh, you know, at school and just in anything that I really did. I, like his standards were very high and he was very um, emphasized discipline and work ethic so much. And that is my strongest, uh, like my work ethic, but to a tea into a problem at sure. certain points, but 100%, like, that's why <laughs> that's my daddy issue, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and, and it became the, the reason why I, I do like, I, I work really, really hard. You're listening to the Mad Enough podcast. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back to the Mad Enough podcast. What would you say he did incredible in detail and what did he do that you could have done better? I like feel like I'm going to start crying. That's fine. <laughs> and so I'm trying. No, no, like, this is what we're about. Yeah, but I. I cried on here. You got me the first time. I know. <laughs> no, because it's like. Um, I, there's so much I, I want, like, there's so much I, I'm angry that I didn't get from my dad. And there's so much that I wish he had done differently. And one of those things is like the, what, what did you call it? Dis- or authority or discipline? Yeah, strict. Uh, strict, right? I, I wish he had been kinder um, and more encouraging at the same time, more present. I think that a lot of fathers, my father w- was one of them, like he had so much pressure on his shoulders. Like he he was carrying the weight of the family and all of us. And he like took care of my mom and oh my God, I'm going to like, I'm really going to ball. <laughs> no, like I'm like trying to keep it together. And this is how like it, he really took care of my mom and he took care of us. And I I didn't appreciate how hard that was for him and how much of that caretaking of us or caregiving of us meant taking away from himself. Mm -hmm. And what I wish now is that he could, first of all, share what that was like for him, because we've all in, you know, a lot of families that grew up with difficulty, you end up kind of hopefully coming together and being able to talk about it afterwards and, and repair and we've all kind of been able to do it. And my, but my dad doesn't share how everything affected him. He just, I think, is still holding on to it mm. um, as a way to keep it all together and keep himself together. So I wish he had taken care of himself too. And I wish he could take care of himself um, and, and give to himself in the way that he's given to all of us. Um, so that doesn't answer your question. My God, it's just, it's just a, it's a, it's, um, I feel like when my dad won't be with me, there will be so much that I haven't told him. Mm. And I don't feel that mm. way about my my mom. Like, I feel like I, my mom yeah. and I get to talk about a lot of things. And that's my biggest fear in life is, like, I won't—we won't have shared— and reach the potential of intimacy and connection that 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 is possible. And I feel like I'm not alone. No. I feel like there are a lot of people who— um, want to connect deeply with their dads, but like don't really know how to. Yeah. And I think that their dads 
also feel that way. And so you just end up talking about stuff. And again, whatever that is for you, Mm. doing activities with your dad and bonding in other ways. But I think that from both sides, there's there's this deep yearning for intimacy. And I have so much intimacy with my dad. Like my dad um, did everything for, for me, like everything. And my dad, like really, I mean, my dad gave me my bath at night. My dad read me a story every night. He made my <laughs> monkey talk. Like I was obsessed with monkeys. And like I when I was having a bad day, like he would put the little monkey, like she would pop her head in my door and like. He did all of that. And yeah, I just, I, I there's like nothing I could say to, to, that would really, there were not enough words like in the English language for me to really express like how important my dad is to me. So anyway, three things. Yeah, oh, that's like, that'll like do. three that's things amazing. just feels like, you know, um, it's all those, everything. You, you, to you your know? point, I, I had a moment where it was probably like six years ago where everybody gets to the place where your your parents are your heroes and then you realize they're real people. Yeah. You have to go through that process. And we were kind of a little bit in that process, me and my dad, and I was like questioning how cert- why certain things went the way they did. And uh, and we, it, I got a sense that it was just like a little bit tense and rough. Mm-hmm. And so then I just sat down and I was like, I know that it's a little weird right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a top 10 list of things that are just awesome about you. Great. And I just remember sitting down, I was like on tour somewhere and I just like wrote out, these are all the things when I think of you that make me really happy and that you've given me that are indispensable, you uh-huh. know, and just sent it off. I think th- simple little things like that can like, it, yes. once you commit to just doing it, it's really fun and sweet. And then you just send it off. Yes. And, I, and he didn't even respond, but he got it. He didn't respond. I think he just said like, you know, this made me very emotional or something. Oh. Sweet. You know, really sweet. Yeah. First, Liz. Thank you for sharing what you did about your dad. Oh, wait, before you go? No. It makes me so happy. No, Andy's crying. No, no, no. We're we're spending this podcast. Listen, the state of men is not incredible at the moment. And so there's a lot to talk about that is like not measuring up, not doing good enough. Shit, blew it again. (laughs) Like, Like there's a lot of that. And I love to ask this question to women, just like strangers at a coffee shop. Be like, tell me about your dad. And it rem- and I feel like connected to the group mm-hmm. of men doing things right. When I hear that yeah. your dad like held the monkey, I'm like, yes, <laughs> there is redemption in this whole thing. We're pushing towards something that is that is better than where we're at at the moment. And so it's really good for me and for anyone listening to hear uh, just about men being incredible. Mm-hmm. Sounds like you had a great dad. Sorry. I appreciate you sharing it and sharing so emotionally about it allowing yourself to be vulnerable to us and to those listening. That's sweet to hear you talk about your dad. I, I wonder, well, I don't wonder, but you know, we were talking earlier about how my daughter might speak of me. Yeah. So I have two daughters, 32 and five. Um, and I wonder what my daughter would say if you asked her, Two or three things I did right. Mm-hmm. Two or three things I could have done better. In fact, <laughs> you know what I'm going to do right now? Um, live. Oh. Right now. Yes. Hello, baby girl. Are you driving? Yes. <laughs> so we are um, we are live on the Man Enough podcast right now. Say hello, Jasmine. Okay. Hey. <laughs> I have a question for you. We're doing a, uh, we're having a conversation um, centered around daddy issues. 
um, that oftentimes uh, it's blamed on a woman um, if they have issues with their father, that it's the, the, the woman's fault um, rather than the fault of the father. And we're asking some questions, and I thought I'm going to ask you live. Okay, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> um, and be honest here. Don't worry about, you know, I can take it all, whatever. Um, okay. Would you mind sharing three things that you think I did right? And let me frame it with this. Because you have a sister, Day, who's five, mm -hmm. and I want to be a good daddy to her and be better than I was with you. Mm -hmm. Tell me three things I did right and three things I could have did better. Hmm. Okay. Um, three things you did right. One of the biggest things I would say is um, you're a huge advocate for women and... You let me know that early on, you know, one of the big things you would tell me is my body is my body. Um, and wow, what a, what a tough question. <laughs> um, and an emotional question too, just because my whole image of you is, is I feel like I'm the woman I am today and I have such a positive outlook on myself because of you. Um, and I feel safe in my own body and I feel safe with you because of what you were teaching me at a young age. Um, so I feel like one of the things would be reminding me that my body is my body and that it's sacred and it's precious and, um, you know, how much you advocated for just women in general. I saw how you treated my mom, even though you were divorced. Um, you did nothing but treat her like a queen. And I saw that, you know, I mean, I, things were rough at times and I saw that too, but within each argument and within each moment of frustration, I saw you um, handle that with such love towards her, um, even if it was just for me to be able to witness that. Um, and uh, the... The last thing I would, oh man, I, I would say being open. Uh, I mean, I'd never felt uncomfortable to share anything about anything with you um, because you created that space for me to be able to talk about anything I needed to, whether that was sex, whether that was my body and changes and any of the things I was able to just share those things without feeling, um, you know, like you were pointing a finger at me or like you were uncomfortable. Um, so you created that space for me. So those are the three things I would say. Um, and what you could have done better. Okay, gotta go. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, love you. No, no, no. Go, go. And just don't worry about having to justify them. Just list them and go. I, that's a hard question to answer, Daddy. What you could have done better. Um, oh, man. Uh, I I really I don't have an answer for that. I that I know that sounds like at the top of my head. I don't have an answer of what you could have done better. I'm sure there are hmm. things you could have done better. Um, let me just let me just hold on. Hold on. Let me, let this me just, is Andy Jasmine. Let me just remind you that this is going out to men that want to be better dads. Mm. So you're not saying it for him or for them. You're saying it for the little girls that these guys are going to be fathers too. Mm -hmm. Think about them and yeah. try again. Um, you know, I think 
I think really, even, I don't know. I mean, you really created a space for me to be able to share a lot of my life. So, um, I think one of the biggest thing when it comes to, you know, men raising daughters is, is that space that needs to be created to, to allow them to, you know, there's all these changes that are happening with them. There's all these things that there's, they're feeling. And a lot of the times with little boys, we give them that space, um, to feel those feelings of, of change. And it's like, Oh, well, boys will be boys. And, um, I think with, with you, daddy, I think you did a really good job with creating that space for me. And if anything, she can't do it. Maybe I can't do it. I can't do it. She can't and it's do not, it. it's not even with, even with Come on. other men in mind. It's just because this is what my experience was. There could have been something. Could I have been more present? Could I have been um, um, taking you to Disneyland more? Could I have, um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, you know what? Maybe the biggest thing I would say is following through with certain things. Um, say, saying you're going to be there or saying we're going to do something and, hmm. um, and that not actually happening um, is one of the things I would say following through with what you say you're going to do following through with um yeah we have these conversations and you know had yeah that's that's the one thing i could maybe say right now off the top of my head i love you jasmine there thank you that was so awesome thank you thank you baby i i want to keep you on the phone and i want to talk to you now and just like just leave the podcast now and just have a conversation (laughs) with you but um i have to i have to work also and um, so finish the podcast, and I'm going to call you right after. I love you so much. Okay, love you guys. Okay. So, um, you know what's interesting is she wouldn't she wouldn't say something that I could do better. Maybe because I'm on the phone. So that's encouraging. She tried. <clears throat> um, but I know I could have done a lot of things better. I think it's a lot of respect too. Um, I think if you asked her that in a closed format that wasn't going out to a ton of people, yeah, maybe could have. But you know, I really, really try hard to show up for my kids. For kids, I don't do it all perfectly. That is for sure. Like mm-hmm. you know, uh, I asked her about being present. I was always busy raising the music industry on the road, doing stuff in the studio, late hours. So certainly, there's, but. I really tried to address things and have make safe space and um, not raise my voice and listen. And even if she said something that was way where my inner self was going like, holy shit, to have a poker face and, and, and allow her to share it, mm. you know, and then reflect and stuff. So, um, <clears throat> godly, I hope that she's daddy issues. I don't know if she would say I have daddy issues. Thank God. And if she does, that's okay, too. I want to know about them so I can be better for my daughter day. You're listening to the Mad Enough Podcast. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back to the Mad Enough Podcast. Um, let me answer a quick thing about my father because I, I had learned a lot from my father. I think it's an important question to ask women. Mm. But I think equally it's important to know from boys yeah. three things their dad did good and three things that were could have been better so that we can then not repeat those cycles and then actually repeat the stuff that was good and be and show up for our children. My dad never let me speak ill of my mother or any woman Mm. that was never allowed. 
I have a hard issue with my mom because my mom and I have a funny relationship. She's bipolar and I took on a lot. If I, if there was any complaint, anything, it was not allowed. You show up for your mother. You can still have your feelings about it, but with her, you show up. You're not allowed to speak. And they were divorced. Um, and he treated her like a queen wow. all the time. Um, so I learned that. I learned that from my father. Um, he, I never saw him backbite, talk about people, mm. ever. I have no memory of my father speaking of another person. Wow. Honest to God. I can attest to that. Even the people, unfortunately, wow. that hurt me. Mm. And we recently had a conversation about that. So one thing he maybe could have done better was pretend to talk badly about the people that hurt me <laughs> you know, mm. for a moment, maybe when I needed that. Protection. Protection. Um, and, um, and, and talk through things. Like we didn't talk about sex and I was having sex against my wishes. So that would have been good. If maybe we had a conversation about it, I could have known to say no, or like, that's not okay. Or this is my body or yeah. stay away. Um, so, you know, things like that. Um, mm. But, um, but in terms of showing up for humanity and for women and for my, you know, uh, when I got divorced, I've been married three times. Clearly, I have, I don't know, mommy issues. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Jesus. Um, Isn't it funny that doesn't stick, though? doesn't stick the same. Mm -hmm. It's not the same. Because it, it would, mommy issues would have to have you then be the one that holds it. And yeah, in right. our brains, we've been trying yeah, like, yeah, I was yeah. like, clearly not you. But, mm -hmm. but I've been married twice before. And one of the things my dad gave me was I was not allowed to speak ill of my first wife, ever. Wow. Even if I was like... We had some problems here. He was real careful. Like, talk, we can talk about your problems so long as you are not putting her in a category in the dumpster. Wow. You be accountable and you make sure you elevate her all the time. And if I ever hear you talk ill about her, you will hear from me. Wow. And that will always be my daughter, no matter what you guys go through. And then I got married a second time and the same thing. Just not allowed. Mm. Show up. You even when you're struggling, it's not to say don't feel your feelings. Mm -hmm. Work through them, but you don't work them on on and 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 throw her under the bus. That's not what happens. So he did really good, really good with that. My father gave me this stuff about um, treating people fairly, no matter what. And um, and then he could have shown up better when I believe when it came to talking about my pain. Mm. We didn't talk about that. Mm. He didn't um, maybe know how. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't. But do you think he knew how to hold space for his own pain? You know, part of that is. Yeah, I don't know. I've never heard my dad talk. That's the other thing. Yeah. I've never heard my father talk about his struggles. Yeah. You know, never heard him. Or I just, we never had that conversation. Which then can make it almost unrelatable. Yeah. At points. Yeah. Well, he, if he can't hold space for what's hard in his life, he can't hold space for what's hard. In, and he may life. have held space for it. I don't know. I just sure. never experienced sure. it. Sure. I'm not going to, I don't want to say that he didn't do the work or right, I, I don't right. know, but I, I just never, Right. you know, so. Um, right. Um, how um, about you, man? Tell, tell us three. Tell yeah. us a few things. I took a lot of time because oh, my, so I good. My on, this but, is um, so good. Um, Red Grammar is my dad. He is a Grammy-nominated children's singer. If you have children, uh, go check out all of his incredible music. The my favorite is Teaching Peace. This is what I come from. Wow. Um, teaching peace all the world around. You and me, every city, every town. One by one in our work and in our play. We are teaching peace by what we do and what we... This is like what I grew up with. Mm -hmm. This is the guy oh. that was my dad. 
So hero, hero. So let's go the super positives. Uh, I grew up in a house where the career was based on meaning, not on money, which is dope. To be raised in a household where no matter what, and there were times where it was tight and money wasn't good and we were stressed, where maybe other people would go like, this is a little bit nuts to be a children's performer. Let's go like figure out how to make some more money. And it was like, no, the purpose of life is to be here, to share, to do things that are of value, to lift other people up, especially children. Um, and he did that. And that was awesome. Mm. And the, in no small part is is why I, I do what I do. Uh, he was, you know, we have, now I've been doing this podcast with you guys for a little bit. Whatever toxic masculinity is, uh, my dad is nowhere near any of that. Just not there. I remember I was in a car one time and I was with my friend's dad and he was questioning my father and saying like, but like, what's the end game? This guy was very wealthy and he was saying, you know, uh, you know, my wings aren't, if there's like angel wings, my wings aren't totally clean, but I've like made an incredible uh, family and then my family has like a big house and we have what we need and we go on vacations and we like, we do our thing. And I remember th saying out loud to him like, yeah, 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 my dad's wings are clean. <laughs> Which is a little boy, to have that be the person that you're looking up to is like really powerful. Yeah. To say that and mean it to this other man who's telling you other status symbols that we don't, I didn't have at the moment and could, by processing through it, go like, oh, my family, this is what we're getting. This is what we're going after. Mm. And that, that was really cool. Mm. Um, and he's really funny and just a blast. Me and my dad are very much alike. We love to be in a room with lots of people and run around and try to make everybody happy. What he could have done better, it's interesting because, you know, we talk about this and it's just so, how far up the line do you want to go to to figure out why people are the way they are? My dad, I think he was two when his when his dad, my granddad, had an affair with my grandma's friend, like some someone in the community left and took all the money. And my dad had like his first memory, he says, is of his dad like just like leaving. Oh wow. Um so we've had a lot of talks about that and how that at different stages of his life he would recognize the whole. He's like because he's a pretty like fun guy and if he was in this room you'd have you'd fall in love with him. A lot of you guys have already. Uh, but just I watched, I remember watching my father grapple with masculinity. Like, I remember just like sitting at a restaurant and the food comes out and it's not as good. There's something wrong with it. And then him, how do you say you want something better, <laughs> but not like go too hard or go too soft? I just remember like watching the processing uh. of how do I be a man right now? And I remember as a young kid going like, Oh, you're struggling with that. That's interesting. Oh. What does that say about me or where, where do we land here? And so I, that's not his fault. He's pretty, like, he likes to keep it, like, happy when it could go a little bit deeper um, about things that are uncomfortable. He's mm -hmm. down to go super deep about, um, yeah, about life and spirit. And there's, like, all this Joy. stuff. Like, man, the point of life, let's go all the way to the depths of the universe when it comes to just like, oh, this is an uncomfortable, deep conversation we have to have. I think he could have done that better. Mm. You're listening to the Mad Enough Podcast. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back to the Mad Enough Podcast. With all this, how do we 
do better? How do we take these learnings, these discussions, and then in the scope of what we're talking about, redefining masculinity, mm-hmm. showing up better mm-hmm. for our families, mm-hmm. for women, for men? I think especially for men, we talk about it a lot. Just acknowledging Just it. this is like, I am about to go, as soon as my daughter can know that her body is her body, she yeah. already knows in our own ways. But how do you continue to, like we've said those words to her, but how do you continue to stay open and create? Like, I want to be like you in many of the ways you're. you're... Mm-hmm. You know, those funny stories. My daughter told her so much about her body. Probably, and I wasn't even aware of this, probably because I was molested at oh, a young yeah, age. Yeah. And yeah. I just wanted to like have her know in all circumstances and to feel safe. So it was always one years old, two years old. She was said, don't touch me. You know, then it was like hands off. Mm-hmm. Right. Even if it was like putting on a diaper, it was mm-hmm. always respected. So if if her father wouldn't touch her or her parents, then certainly a a boy would not be able to touch her if she didn't mm-hmm. want him to. So one time she's like 11 years old, maybe like nine years old, and she was lying about something about schoolwork over and over and I kept giving her chances. Like, so the teacher told me this, blah, blah, blah. She was like, nah, didn't happen like that. And she kept going and I was like, okay, I'm gonna go away for a minute. I'm gonna come back. I want you to think about who you are and your soul and your purpose and I'm gonna ask you again. And if you lie to me again, I'm going to really freak out. So I ask her again, and she lies again. This is after like so many chances. And it broke my heart, and I lost my cool. And I grabbed her by the arm, and I was like, you're going to go to your room now. It was like one of the times I was physical with her. And I grab her, and I'm like escorting her to her room. And then she looks at me, nine years old or so, get your hands off me. It's my body. Do not touch me. Now, this is in the middle of her just <laughs> really lying to me, and she deserves to be punished or like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reprimanded. And I was like... Uh, You're right. Yeah. I'm not allowed to touch your body. Get your ass in the room right now. <laughs> 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 right? But even in that moment, being challenged, um, wanting her to know... Yeah. And respect that. Yeah, and I think so much of what you're saying, and my favorite thing about what Jasmine said about you is that she learned to respect herself as a woman in seeing you respect other women. So often I think that there's, I mean, this is backed up by data, right? That men want very empowered daughters who are assertive and confident. um, But when it comes to their, their wives, they, they're, less comfortable with those qualities. They actually want mm. um, a woman who's who's more, uh, you know, submissive or more, more uh, less commanding, less assertive. And that disconnect, your daughters will feel. Yeah. Right? And your daughter will not learn to respect herself as a woman, woman by you. I mean, you should be respecting her, but the best way that she will learn that she is valuable as a woman is to see you value a woman and see you value her mother and other women in the world. And I certainly saw my dad do that. My dad never, I mean, it's funny because Jasmine says, I mean, there's divorce and all of that. And and I think I've, you know, I've seen so many men disparage um, the women that they're divorced uh, to and do it in front of the kids. And I, and I can't think of a, yeah, it's just, it's so, it, it infuriates me really because what message are are you sending about Ultimately. women and and what is she going to think about herself it's causing harm to, to to her to you know talk shit about her mom so i i really um and and i think that means sharing in domestic labor that means right like not just 
you know, saying nice things about um, her mother, but but doing things for her mother yeah. and and being equal with can her I, mother. Can I just say to our listeners, there's there's a bunch of you men that are divorced. Yeah. Or have a child with a woman that you're not married to, that you're co-parenting. Do this for them anyways, but for your own life, it is much easier if you put in the work in the beginning and and even if it's so challenging, treat them fairly. When it comes to them embracing a new man in their life, embrace the man. You do this as hard as it is and your life is easier. And yeah. It might take a year, might take two years, five mm -hmm. years, but it changes and your children see this and then your children are not in the middle where like, mm -hmm. well, I... I love my dad, but I can't fully embrace this new woman in his life because it's betraying my mom. And I love my mom, but I can't betray, uh, embrace this man because my father's going to be angry. It takes that out of it. It does. Yeah. And now they and and then life is just easier yes. because we want life to be joyful and easy. You don't want to deal with all this stuff. Exactly. And I swear it happens. So for those of yeah. you who are dealing with this, and is and I get it, it's hard. Yep. Just sh keep showing up. Yeah. Keep doing it. I promise you, you do that mm -hmm. and you go through it like any muscle and it ends up mm -hmm. so much easier for your yeah. own life. And look, that's one of the first things your daughter said. Really. Like she saw that. And that was, I, I think that's pretty extraordinary. Yeah. And and I think, again, it's, it's. I don't know if it's rare or not, but, but and you know, I, I dated um, uh, someone who was divorced and it was uh, the best relationship I, I'd ever been in. Uh, and the way that he was divorced was very attractive to me. <laughs> right. The way that he treated um, the mom, you know, of his children was 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 beautiful. And now I go instead of when I go on dates, I'm like, do I want to marry this person? It's like, would I mind being divorced with this person? Oh right, um, is is my new uh, that's standard. a good one to start your standard. If you look at that, yeah. how, if you are dating someone that Truly. has a mother and is uh, you know shares a child yes. or was married, yeah. if you see how he treats her. Someone that he's no longer romantically, exactly. Then that's a little bit of a sign of how he will. How he will treat you. Mm. I mean, it's it's like that for everything, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's someone who speaks ill of other people all the time. Um, at a certain point, it's going to be you, right? You're, you're not special. <laughs> you're that's not special. Right. Um, so I, yeah, I think those are. That's a great. I mean, and thank you for saying that. I think what I see with a lot of. Um, I think divorced people, but particularly perhaps divorced men, um, it is not enough of of what you're saying, mm. right? Like put your ego aside for for a minute. It won't just be good uh, for for you, but it will be, or it won't just be good for your children and your family, but also yourself. Mm. To me, that's man enough. Talking yes. about this yeah. is indeed man enough when you can have these conversations, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, and ask a woman like you do. Tell me three things about your dad that worked. Yeah. Three things that could have been question. better so that you can be a better father. I think we should ask women that are, mm, wow, ask women that are happily married that you believe or say that they are. What are three things that your husband does for you that work? Some three things that maybe don't work so well. That's yeah. good. So that I can then be, we can be yes. better, show up yeah. for our husband, our wives, yes. or our partners, or our friends, right? It's friends. just, it's a great, great question. I just get so inspired and feel connected to the good side of men. When the answer is yeah. good, I'm like, oh, yeah. it's so encouraging to me that mm -hmm. there are so many great dads out there, there that are. have a shot. You know, I desperately want my daughters to feel like they got what they needed, even though I'm sure through therapy, there's going to be plenty of things. Mm. <laughs> and it's never too late. Yeah. yeah. Even the dads that, like you say, there's so many good dads. There's a lot of dads that aren't doing it perfectly that are still good dads. And there are some that maybe are deemed as 
not the great dad, but there's still opportunities. I love this. I love this conversation. I love Laughing, it. crying. <laughs> you had too. Everything. Liz, I love it when you get, you know, you're so. When I ball my eyes out. I love your dad. Oh, yeah, godly. How What's you his just name? Described? Andrew Plank. Andrew. <laughs> Andrew. Good job, Andrew. You're an Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. We're the best. You're the best. Um, yeah, because you oftentimes, Liz, you, you have such a command of language and thought and um, facts, <laughs> statistics. And I think that a, a lot of people don't know this side of you. I'm a little Pisces, I'm a little sensey. <laughs> I don't remember this. what I said. I just remember being like, you're so not being eloquent right now. No, like, that, that you <laughs> you're being so showing this human sweetness that's, that's um, just tender. Um, and I love it when you show that. Thank you. Thank quiet, you for creating a space where I can. Yeah, indeed. I quiet cried a lot here. You cried a lot? Yeah. All right. I, I, oh, that's actually a good thing to end on is like, why can't I just let it flow? Mm. This whole episode? My daughter was, my daughter's sitting there saying all these things and I'm thinking, you know, uh, I'm trying to hold it back. Just hold, keep it back. Keep, keep it together. What is keep it together? together. Yeah. Why? This is Although we are ones for sure that have no problem crying. So yeah. no, but you do. You did. Yeah, but in this moment right now we are talking, it's like mindful to just like keep it moving, not because, you know, there's a lot of instances that you cry, I cry. I don't know if that's the barometer right there. I would say there's still <laughs> something there that right now I didn't want to be like super Too... puffy faced all crying, mm -hmm. even yeah. though we're talking about like hearing you yeah. talk about your dad makes me so happy mm. and like inspires me. And then your daughter really oh got God. me. Holy me too. shit. Wow. Yeah. Mm. But still. Yeah, there's a thing about crying that I have a problem with. Too. No, I love crying. Crying is super important. Crying when the subject is about something else. And then if I start crying or someone starts crying, like let's say we're talking about racism and a white guy starts crying because he feels so terrible right. about what's That's happening. Different. It's genuine. He's like, I'm so sorry what's happening to you. All of a sudden now the focus comes on yes. that person. Sure, okay. Right. Now it's like, oh my God, he's feeling this poor guy. Right. And that, you know, so we're talking about an issue that's like about saving women. Oh, not, let me not say saving women but saving humanity by uplifting and getting out of the way of women. And and uh, I didn't like the way I said it the that's first time. That's a great, that's like, that should uh, be on a t-shirt. And, <laughs> and then if I is. start crying in that moment, feeling bad, then it becomes about, oh, Jamie, he's, okay. rather than that. So that maybe there's some of that, just yeah. not wanting to make it about us. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, or the right. fact that there's like 12 people staring at us right now and like five cameras. Uh <laughs> um, it's been really sweet. Yes. Let's, let's sign off and let yes. everybody know where they this can find This is my favorite us. one. Yes. If you like what you have heard, mm -hmm. you can go visit a website called <laughs> manenough.com slash podcast. You can go on Apple Podcasts. You can go on Spotify. You can go on YouTube. YouTube. You can find us all those places. You can go to andygrammer.com because he's going to post this all the time. I will, of Andy course. Andy will be reposting everything. Yeah, that's right. You can go to TikTok and see our fun TikToks. We do do TikToks. We miss you, Justin. This would have been we great to you, have you here, but yes. um, we'll get you next time around. Um, I'm Jamie Heath. We are man enough. We are man enough. We are man enough. Oh, that was good. That was a good one. They yeah, were as, rough as long, as long as she no, does she it. No, she nailed it. She super quarter. nailed it. Um, all right. I'm Jamie Heath. Andy Grammer. Liz Plank. And this is Man, Man Enough. Enough. And when it's time, if I've done it right, only a good man will feel like home. Thank you for listening to the Man Enough podcast, produced by Wayfair Studios and presented by Procter & Gamble, in partnership with Cadence 13 and Odyssey Company. 
hosted by Justin Baldoni, Liz Plank, and me, Jamie Heath. If you like what you heard, please follow us and tune in weekly as we undefine masculinity and learn in real time. Justin Baldoni, Jamie Heath, and Tara Maholtra Feinberg from Wayfair Studios, Mark Pritchard and Anna Saufeld from Procter & Gamble, and Chris Corcoran from Cadence 13 are our executive producers. Kayla Nicholson is our producer, Ashmi Elizabeth Dang is head of marketing, and Susie Landers O'Connell is our lead editor. Thanks for listening. Fathers always get to be first loves, and I love you more than you could understand.